Asking a question, it's a lost art that we need to find again because we all have questions and, and the humble person is always willing to ask a question because they don't assume that they know everything. And, and so asking questions is important, but I think that we all must ask this question because Pilate's question is the question. Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? While there may be no such thing as a bad question, some questions have more weight than others. In today's message, Pastor Daniel takes a look at the conversation between Pontius Pilate and Jesus. You'll see that how you answer the question, who is Jesus to you, makes all the difference. The realities of your response aren't just meant for Easter, but for every day of the year. Jesus is real. He wants to be a part of your daily life. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in John chapter 18 as he begins his message, Jesus the King. I remember growing up, you know, my family would go to, uh, to church here and there. And I remember we'd go into church and they'd give us these little, uh, you know, these little like palms. They were these like little pieces of, uh, you know, um, plants. And I used to be like, I don't understand what this means. And my parents were like, oh, don't worry about it. You'll understand it later. And I would mess in and I'd rip the thing apart and all, all these things. Because I was like one of those kids in church was frisky all the time doing stuff. And it was, it was amazing how as I got older, you know, uh, and I started reading the Bible when I was in college. And I remember the first time I read the story of what is commemorated on Palm Sunday. And it really, it speaks to the triumphal entry of Jesus. It's really that moment in the life of Jesus one week before his crucifixion and resurrection where he is acknowledged for who he is. The people are saying, Jesus is the king. He is the the king of the Jews. And, And I remember thinking back when I was reading it in my Bible in Matthew's gospel, the first time I ever read the Bible, I remember being like, wow, okay, so, so those palms meant that, that all of creation is praising God because the Messiah has come. And I, and I remember just being like, oh, that, I didn't understand that when I was a kid, but I understand it now. And in a lot of ways, who Jesus is to you makes all the difference. Right? I mean, Jesus is who he is, but each person has to make a decision on, hey, who is Jesus to me? Now, according to our Bibles, the triumphal entry, Palm Sunday, it really points to the fact that Jesus is the king. He is the rightful heir, uh, not only as the king of Israel, but the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is God's Messiah. But I realize that not everybody believes that. I realize that not everybody would say, well, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the king of the Jews. Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I, I wanted us to be able to explore that because really that last week in the life of Jesus, it begins with this triumphal injury. The the people herald him as king, and then automatically Jesus ends up on this collision course that ultimately lands with him being crucified on the cross and then subsequently resurrected on Resurrection Sunday, what our culture calls Easter, but it is the, the, the celebration of Jesus conquering death 
and sin by being resurrected from the dead. So I was thinking, how can we talk about Palm Sunday without just going over the story of Jesus on the back of a donkey coming over from the Mount of Olives? And because and, and, that's what we would normally talk about on Palm Sunday. And I said, hey, let's talk about what Jesus being the king actually means. And so I wanted us to study to, to, together today John chapter 18, verses 33 to 38, this amazing passage of where Jesus is talking to Pontius Pilate, and there is a dialogue that is going on, and really it's pointing to the fact that Jesus is the king, and really, for us, you have to realize the only way that we can be truly whole, spirit, soul, and body, is for us to know Jesus as the king. The, the picture in the scriptures, of course, is that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And, and the idea is when they were building any structure in Jesus' day, the cornerstone was the piece through which everything else fit. And Jesus, as the king, is the chief cornerstone. And everything in our lives fit around Jesus. And Jesus is trying to ex- explain this to Pontius Pilate in, in John chapter 18. Now, let me, I want to read you the entire passage here. It says this in verse 33. It says, Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, and he called Jesus, and he said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered him and said, Are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, verse 35, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Therefore, Pilate said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born and for this cause I've come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth Here's my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. Now, Jesus has already been arrested and he's already been tried in the kangaroo court of the chief priests and the Pharisees. They, they want him to be Gone. They want him to be crucified. And so right before this happening, Jesus is, is there at, you know, at the praetorium. And the chief priests, they don't even want to go into the praetorium because they don't want to be ceremonially unclean for the, for the Passover feast or the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And so what ends up going on is they, this, you know, Pontius Pilate meets them outside and he's like, what are we doing here? And then they're like, listen, no, th- this guy, he's, a, he, he's an insurrectionist and, he, and he's guilty of treason. And he's like, and Pontius I was like, hey, well, what does this have to do with me? You take care of me. He's like, well, no, our, you won't allow us to have somebody be capitally punished. So then Pilate begins to talk with Jesus. And we learn some really important things about what it means for Jesus to be the king. We learn a number of things that I think we would be smart to really take get our eyes and our hearts around and also think through. Now, notice what happens in verse 33, where he says, are you the king of the Jews? And then Jesus answers and says, are you speaking for yourself about this or did others tell you this concerning me? And and I would say it to you this way, that you must ask this question. 
you must ask this question. And, and I think what's fascinating here is when you think about a question, the question is an invitation into some sort of a revelation. And I was reading some research about this recently about how uh, in the younger generation there is a decline. And it's not, it began with the younger generation, but there is a decline in asking questions. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of discussion about why do people not ask questions anymore? You know, and, and some people were, were surmising that part of it is because of uh, social media now that we're, you know, over a decade into social media that people are just used to putting themselves out there, but social media by and large is one directional. I put my life out there. And, but really what happens is, is I, and I know you've probably seen this where you're standing in a group of people and nobody actually asks each other any questions. People just talk. And, and sometimes people just tell you everything. You sit there and just talk the whole time. And I think that asking a question, it's a lost art that we need to find again because we all have questions and, and the humble person is always willing to ask a question because they don't assume that they know everything. And, and so asking questions is important, but I think that we all must ask this question because Pilate's question is the question. Pilate asked Jesus are you the king of the Jews? He simply, he's like, I need to know if you are the Messiah that's been promised. I need to know, are you who they say that you are? Now, Pilate's reasons for asking this question uh, are not theological. It's more political. You know, uh, if you read some of the writings, uh, not the biblical writings about Pontius Pilate, but some of the writings about the Roman Empire, what you found is that the Pontius Pilate had been in a lot of trouble because ruling over Israel with all that was going on was a kind of a precarious post because of their beliefs about God, their beliefs, and it didn't fit well in the Roman Empire. And, and as some of the historians say that Pontius Pilate was was in a lot of trouble because there had been a series of people who said, I am the Messiah, I am the King of the Jews. And according to some uh, historians, Pontius Pilate was told by Caesar, if there's another insurrection, he was going to not only lose his job, but potentially lose his life. So the fact that the chief priests brought Jesus to Pontius Pilate because they said, Jesus said he's the King of the Jews, it wasn't like, oh, this is nothing. For Pilate, his, he thought his, his job, his title, and his life was on on the line for that. So he comes in and his question isn't a spiritual question. It's a political question, but it is the most important question because what we say about who Jesus is will determine a lot of things about our lives. And so we have to learn how to ask good questions and specifically, who is Jesus? Now, Jesus' answer to Pontius Pilate it's kind of interesting because Jesus, are you speaking for yourself about this or did others tell you this concerning me? Jesus is like, is this an honest question from you or are you just peddling what the chief priests are telling you? And I think that's really, really powerful because it really puts the onus of the question on each one of us. Now, I want to speak to you young people for a second because oftentimes kids come to church because their parents go to church. But there's a point when a child's faith needs to stand on its own apart from their parents. And so each one of us, no matter where we find ourselves in life, we have to be willing to ask Jesus, who are you? Jesus, are you the king of kings? Are you my king? This question changes everything. And Jesus talked about this in Matthew 16, verses 13 to 17, 
When Jesus came, I'm going to read this to you, Matthew 16, 13 to 17. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now you see that? Jesus came and said, who does everyone say that I am? And they said, oh man, people say that you're this, you're John the Baptist, you're Elijah, you're the prophet. Everyone had a different idea about Jesus. But then he said, but who do you say that I am? You see how Jesus prays? like, everyone can say what they want, but who do you say that I am? And the same thing with this question. Pilate asked the question, but Jesus was like, are you, do you, are you asking this? Or are you telling me what everyone else said? Because for Jesus, it's personal. Jesus realizes that our lives will be radically altered if we're willing to ask this question for ourselves and willing to let Jesus answer that question as we move through the world. So I want to encourage you from the get-go, you need to make sure you're asking good questions. Now, I realize that for some of you right now, you have lots of questions about God. Things you don't understand, things that don't make any sense. Maybe you heard this thing, but your experience has been different. And I want to encourage you, and I always tell people this, that God is not scared of your questions, and neither are we here at Crossroads. Because I realize that the things of God are, they might be simple, but they're not simplistic. And there's a lot of things that go on in life, things that go on in our experience, things that we see that we're like, how does this thing all fit together? And oftentimes I think that believers feel like having questions is a problem. And I don't believe that it is a problem. I believe that we need to be okay asking questions. We need to be okay saying, hey, look, I don't know that I understand this. I was just talking to my kids about this. And we were talking about school. I'm like, listen, if you have a question, you should always ask the question because the only dumb question is the one that you need the answer to that you don't ask. Like, you know, what I have found is that when I ask a question about something, oftentimes other people have the exact same question. So, I mean, we should be, we should have a faith that says, hey, I wonder what this means. Hey, can you give me clarification on that? And what I have found in my life is that every time I don't understand something about either what God is doing, what God's word says, if I ask the Lord and I seek after understanding with questions, it's always an invitation into something deeper with God. And I think what happens oftentimes is we stop asking questions because we're no longer curious. I think that's true of people today. I think by and large the reason people don't ask questions is people aren't very curious because people are self-centered. We want people to know us, but we're not as interested in knowing them. We, we, we want to be seen as opposed to, hey, I want you to know that I see you. And I think that one of the things that the Lord wants to do in all of our lives is because we are known and seen by the Lord, we want to also be in that place where we help others realize that God sees them and knows them, and we want to know them. And we should have a healthy curiosity about people and, of course, about Jesus. So it all begins with these questions. But Pilate's response to Jesus' question is funny because it seems like he gets a little frustrated with Jesus. This is what it says, verse 35. Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Now, I love that because he's saying, 
Do you think I care if you're the king of the Jews? He's just saying like, and Pilate wasn't used to asking questions and then responding with a question. You can imagine, you know, if it was like a, a cop show and Pilate's like, well, are you the king of the Jews? He's like, well, someone else tell you that? Or are you asking for yourself? It's like, hey, I'm the one asking the questions here. That was kind of Pilate's response. He's like, what do you, what do you think? You, you, you think I'm a Jewish person? You think this is my, my thing? He's like, they, they're telling me this about you. And then, he, but he asked him, but, but what have you done? Why, why do these guys want to kill you? What have you done? And then Jesus answers the question that Pilate asked earlier. He says, my kingdom, verse 36, is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. And really what we learn here is that Jesus's kingdom is beyond this world. His answer to Pilate should make Pilate feel a little bit more at ease, but not entirely because Pilate doesn't have to worry about Jesus trying to overthrow his government. See, really what Jesus' answer is saying, he's saying, my kingdom is not about the Roman Empire. It's not of this world. He's like, if it was of this world, my followers would fight. But he's saying, but my kingdom's not from here it's beyond this and he says but now my kingdom is not from here and i think that's beautiful because he's saying my kingdom does not come from rebellion against the government my kingdom comes from submission to god its source is not from people and their acts of violence my kingdom comes from a new birth from heaven where I transfer people from Satan's kingdom to God's kingdom. He, he, Jesus affirmed that his kingdom had a completely different origin. It has a completely different character from everything that Pilate knew. Now, if you think about this, I think this is really, really important because we have this tendency. The Apostle Paul tells us that we are, that we are dual citizens. We're, if, you're, if you're a believer, you're a citizen in heaven and you're a citizen on earth. But you always have to realize that our citizenship in heaven and our citizenship on earth are different things. And I think oftentimes as believers, we want to conflate the two. We want to make our our, our heavenly citizenship like our earthly citizenship. And, and right away, Jesus makes the point that he's like, my kingdom is not here. This is not where my kingdom is. It's from somewhere else. It's, it's got a different set of attributes to it. And I always think about this in, in relation to, in the book of James, it talks about the wisdom from above and the wisdom on the earth. And then if you go into the book of Revelation, there's this idea of the way of the dragon, which is the way of the, the Satan and the Antichrist, as opposed to the way of the lamb, which is pure and peaceable and willing to yield. And really what we're seeing is that Jesus' kingdom has a different origin and has a different set of characteristics. And we always need to make sure that we're living into our heavenly kingdom and Jesus' kingdom as opposed to the way earthly kingdoms function. That really our job should be to, through Jesus and the Spirit, that we allow heaven to touch down to earth through our lives. And that's why it's so important for the lives of the people of God who call Jesus king to have a distinct quality to it. I mean, in the Crazy Happy series, we were looking at things like the Beatitudes and the Fruit of the Spirit, where happiness is found, and the qualities that are birthed by the Spirit in the people of God. And this becomes even more important when we realize that Jesus' kingdom is different from earthly kingdoms or earthly empires. 
And we should want our lives to have the ethics of God's heavenly kingdom as we move through a world full of earthly kingdoms. And so we realize that love, self-sacrificial love, a, a, a giving rather than a getting is the ethic of God's kingdom. And I think that's really powerful. When you think about the triumphal entry, we think about Holy Week, we think about the death and resurrection of Jesus, we realize that when God's kingdom is touching down to earth, it's a kingdom that is seeking to give and bless as opposed to receive and accumulate. And so in things like when we're talking about generosity, and not just financial generosity, but generosity of spirit and of time, our culture says, Keep it for yourself. Accumulate and hoard. And Jesus' kingdom says, give it away. And in, in every way, what we should have is that we, as the followers of Jesus, God's heavenly kingdom, which is not of this world, we live in this world as people who are true home is in heaven, and we realize that we're passing through. And it doesn't mean that we don't get to enjoy the things of this earth. It doesn't mean that we don't get to embrace the things of this earth, but we don't hold on to them as our security because God is our security. And one of the things that I'm always finding in my own heart, and I love this about the Lord, is that at every turn, God invites us to do something that is countercultural to the day and age in which we live, but is also training in character building and discipleship for me to live so that when the time comes to enter God's eternal heavenly kingdom on my last breath or when the Lord comes to take us home, that it won't be this leap in the dark, but it's just the next logical step. And I, I see this a lot in raising our kids because so many of the things as parents who love the Lord that we are asking of our kids, they're like, I don't know that other people are doing this. Like we were just talking recently in my house about, about screen time in front of the devices. And it was just really funny because I'm like, I don't think you shouldn't have screen time. I just want you to be able to be a human being too. Like I want you to be able to like hang out with people. You know, I want you to be present with people without there being a video game. And it was funny because they're like, this makes a lot of sense. And, and as we've been talking about this and, and working through some of these things, I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm not saying that you should never play a video game. I'm saying, I just want you to make sure that you're human all the time. That you're there for people. That, you're, that your heart is moved with compassion. That you don't always have to be entertained. You can enjoy entertainment, but you want to live differently. And one of my kids was like, hey, isn't that why we give money? I'm like, exactly why. We get, God doesn't need our money. We need to give it. Because if not, what we start to do is we start to think, I have to trust in this. I have to hope in this. I need to make sure I keep this. It's never going to be enough. And God's like, actually, you can test me on this. Because if you give, you'll always have. And you can have an abundance. You know? And all of it is about this training in which kingdom are we living into? Paul wrote it this way to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 13 to 16. He says, I urge you, this is Paul talking to Timothy, I urge you in the sight of God, who gives life to all things, and before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ's appearing. Jesus is... Today, you were reminded that the kingdom of God is very different from the way our world normally works. Pastor Daniel shared that God's kingdom has different attributes, so it's important to align yourself with his way. You learned that living into the kingdom of Jesus 
is about being rooted in him and his character and making choices that push you toward being more like him. God wants to use the circumstances of your daily life as an opportunity to transform you from the inside out. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I realize that there are many of you You're not a born-again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVE to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400. And my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue to explore how your answer to the question of who Jesus is impacts your daily life. You'll see that having a heavenly mindset is key in being able to be used by the Lord to build His kingdom. You do this by staying connected to the Lord and simply responding to Him as He leads you step by step. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Made Whole. Until then, may God bless.